I am your number one fan. There is nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I am your number one fan. Welcome to the Nightlight Podcast. Turn on the light when things go bump in the night. I'm Megan. I'm Kristen. And this is the Nightlight Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Oh, I love that quote. <laughs> you do? Oh, yeah. I've got a lot to say about fandoms. We'll get to it at the I end know, of this podcast. I it's know. Like, it's like such a good exploration of like fandom gone awry. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it is definitely a scary thought and it um it really got me thinking about how yes. this applies in today's world yes absolutely um, so uh yeah and if you guys don't know what we're talking about is this week's movie which is misery from 1990 the adaptation of the stephen king novel of the same name aka megan's life misery okay megan's being dramatic being dramatic she's being so dramatic oh. <laughs> Yeah, so we're staying, like I said last time, we're staying in the Kingverse here today. Wanted to do a couple movies of his I had never seen. Have you ever seen this? So here's the thing. It's the funniest thing ever. Uh-huh, okay. I said to Dennis last night, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen this movie, uh-huh. but I don't remember seeing it. But I remember large chunks of it, but I don't remember seeing the whole okay. thing. Weird. So I wonder if like we were watching it one night and I had fallen asleep or something. Uh-huh. So that's entirely possible. Okay. It's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's no, a it, great is a movie. Good, it is a great movie. I liked it a lot. Spoilers. I mean, I would 100% watch it again. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's on HBO Max. If you have HBO Max, that's where I watched it. <laughs> oh, I uh-huh. torrented it. Oh. <laughs> she didn't say that. She said nothing. <laughs> she tore into it. She loved it so much. <laughs> that's what she means. Anyway, before anybody gets arrested, I did the research this Excuse me, this episode, um, just, I'm sure you guys love hearing me burp. <laughs> Sorry about that. And I got all my facts from this lovely article from my best friend, Mental Floss, called 17 Surprising Facts About Misery by Roger Cormier, or Cormier. Um, so the first thing I wrote down here was that Annie Wilkes was a metaphor for drugs, which makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because Stephen King, a huge druggie. And he says the author has, um, the... Mental Floss thinks is the author had substance abuse issues during that time. That's saying something. And he, when he wrote the novel, he told the Paris Review, Annie was my drug problem and she was my number one fan. God, she never wanted to leave. Aww. Which is, yeah, that's a very effective thing to say about that. So uh, I also thought it was interesting that Bette Midler turned down the role of Annie Wilkes because I could definitely see Bette Midler doing this. So here's the thing. I love Bette Midler. Yeah, of course. Don't get me wrong. When I think of her, I think of her as being more flamboyant, willowy than willowy. Yeah, and than Kathy Bates. Ka- I, God, this sounds so terrible, but Kathy Bates has that very like stereotypical. I, I don't know how to say. It. In this movie, uh-huh. Kathy Bates looked like she could keep a farm running by herself. Yeah, she did. She was a very like she's a very like sturdy, hardy person. person. I don't know why Bette Midler. Like I just think yeah. like. Yeah. I know what you're saying more like yeah she's i don't know how to describe it she's more you know she's more classically feminine i guess i will not even like it, it has nothing to do with femininity it's more like um she's just more willowy i get i get right. what you mean now she's a little bit more fair 
Yes. You know, she's not as hardy or as sturdy as Kathy Bates is. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I just feel like vibe-wise. I mean, maybe I'm just just because I'm thinking of her now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. and not She's then. And frailer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's like um, my parents are in Hello, Dolly. Yeah. And, um, and I saw it when Bernadette Peters was on because mm-hmm. <sighs> my Bernadette. Who doesn't love Bernadette Peters? Um, I'm her number one fan. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> oh, no. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> and my parents uh, had seen her at the stage door afterwards. Right. I don't think they were waiting there. I think they were just walking past and they saw her because my parents are not stage door yeah, people. Yeah, I was going to say. I didn't think um, I and my father was like, so impressed that she was able to like get up there and like sing her lungs out and he's like she's such a tiny woman so like like that's always stuck with me and whenever i see bernadette uh, bet midler like not that i think that she's tiny or small but i i it just always makes me feel like yeah yeah. like willow the whipsy whips wisp like you know very like yeah no i get i get get what you're saying i just feel like bet miller has a vibe that i think would have fit this role not that she would have been better than kathy bates because kathy bates is fucking fantastic but like i could see it yes a yes. little bit not in her statue but in her like w- when she gets like forceful and stuff like, oh I yeah yeah yeah. No. but yeah so she was she turned down the role uh because she thought it was too violent um she later called herself stupid for the decision um and uh but the screenplay was written with kathy bates in mind she was relatively unknown but she was a respected theater actress at the time um and then apparently, and this was news to me because I've never read the book. I don't know if you have. Wouldn't be surprised. I actually if you haven't. I oh, should read it. Interesting. So one of the things, spoiler alert for the book, is that she doesn't just hobble him in the book. Yeah, she cuts off. She one cuts of his off foot. one of his feet. And so they had a debate as to whether or not they should do that. Um, uh, he and the. Yeah, George Roy, who directed Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the, Sing- the Sting, and Slapshot, agreed to direct Misery, but changed his mind once he realized he he couldn't handle the fact that they were cutting off one of the feet. Which a screenwriter whose last name is Goldman, uh, yeah, like William he, Goldman, well, Goldman, William Goldman, who did The Princess Bride. Um, oh, excuse me, he did not just do <laughs> he the wrote Princess it. Bride. He wrote the book. He also did Butch Cassidy and the Sundance yes, Kid. Yes, yes, they 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 mentioned that William Goldman and that. Stephen King are actually pretty close friends. What, oh, that's funny. Yes, um, it's frequently mentioned, like, they'll mention each other in each other's novels sometimes. So, like, in The Princess Bride, um, or is it, no, in It, in It, um, when Bill Denenberg is talking to his agent about writing his own movie, because he Mm. was, like, the Stephen King's analog, um, his agent says to him, you can't do that. There is only one author who's ever done that and stayed good. William Goldman is the only one who could do that. And like <laughs> William Goldman has said stuff oh about Stephen God. King and like the Princess Bride novel. He like talks like they're they're good friends. So. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Rob I'm Ro- sorry. The Princess Bride is my favorite movie and it's one of my it favorite books. Favorite it's probably Aww, my favorite movie. Well, movie. I haven't seen I it. I mean, forever. The Lord of the Rings. It depends on what I'm in the mood for. OK. If I'm in the mood for just like a good, quick, like, you know, feel good movie yes i watch the princess bride if i want a long drawn out feel good movie i'll watch lord of the rings yes there you go that's definitely the way to go if you want it to be long and drawn out (laughs) but so this just led rob reiner who i believe was the producer on the film to direct it himself um and uh i'm sorry Oh, and it also may have let influenced him to change the script for Annie to quote unquote just breaks Paul's ankles, and Goldman later admitted that Reiner was right about that. 
Um, James Caan had to stay in bed for 15 weeks of shooting. Oh, uh, yeah. That sounds like the best job in the world. I mean, it does to me. But he said, he, James Caan said that Reiner was playing a sadistic joke on him, knowing that he wouldn't enjoy it. And he wasn't, in, uh, James Caan wasn't used to playing such a reactionary character. You know, Rob Reiner also life. directed The uh, Princess Bride. Yes. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And Stand By Me. Yep. And that's why, you know, they wanted him on mm. this also. Um, and and when Harry met Sally, Sally, Harry met Sally. <laughs> <laughs> when Har- Harry met Sally. Yes, no, I know. Yeah, he's got a long and storied career. Rob Another Harry. great movie. When yes. Harry met Sally. Oh my god, it's such a great movie. Um, my they- favorite scene. Of the- I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. <laughs> Okay. My favorite scene in that movie is when she's crying to Billy Crystal because uh-huh. she found out that her um her ex boyfriend is like getting married and they're mm. expecting twins and she's like and I'm going to be forty and he's like in like seven years and she's like but it's there <laughs> it is there it is certainly there sorry guys <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding with you um, I just really like Rob Ryder <laughs> and William Golden. Should you have done the research on this? I have a lot of thoughts. Oh my goodness. I'm done. I promise. Okay. Bates and Reiner agreed on an unwritten, unspoken backstory for Annie Wilkes. Used to giving her characters rich backgrounds to help her find her voice, Bates and Reiner agreed that Annie was molested by her father as a child. It helped explain for Bates why Annie had history, as explained in the book and the movie, of killing infants and old people in her nursing care. And my last fact here today is that James James Caan's fake legs were molded out of gelatin. Um... And it says armatures with wire were inserted into the prosthetic ankle so that after Annie hit them with the sledgehammer, they would bend at the desired gruesome angles. And it's pretty gruesome, as we see. There were holes so that Khan could slip his real legs in up to the knee. And I thought that was interesting. So that's my last my last research fact. <laughs> Thoughts? Sorry, I interrupted <laughs> so much. It's okay. It's very cute. You're very excited. We should have given you the, the research. You know, one. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know Rob Reiner directed it oh, until I started okay. watching it. I was A like, Rob oh. Reiner film? <laughs> I was like, my boy. <laughs> I just really like William Goldman and The Princess yes, Bride. Yes, it's wonderful. I like it when, uh, when writers get along with each other because Stephen King and Dean Koontz don't get along. So They don't? Like, I, I kind I, of fucking love I, that. I don't know if it's like a real rivalry, rivalry or just like a little... But I kind of love that William Stephen Goldman King. and like Stephen King get along. At least they did. Besties. Hopefully they still do. I'm sure they do. I think one of them might be dead. I think did William Goldman. Well, die? that doesn't mean they don't get along. <laughs> I'm still uh, listen. After Sondheim died, I'm still a. Uh, As after who died? Stephen Sondheim. Oh, Stephen Sondheim. I, th- I, I cried. Heard, I heard Sondheim, and I was like, "Who is that?" I literally cried. I was oh like, no. no! Oh goodness. Yeah, no, William Goldman did die. I thought he did. I thought he was dead. He died in 2018. William Goldman, who did die. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. So, I, but, you know, they probably got along until his death, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. I'm not. Okay. So, we shall get into the movie. And I can't remember exactly how it starts, because I don't have notes. <laughs> it starts with a man. Yes, yes, he's in He's in the cabin. Excuse me, I hit the table. He's in this cabin and he's writing, he's typing up his manuscript and he prints it out and he writes the end on the end of it with a pencil and he smokes a cigarette 
and pours himself a glass of champagne. And then he gets out into his car to go somewhere. And but he packs his manuscript up on, in like yes, a special he folder does, in a folder. Um, and he does go out to his car and he's wearing like a light jo- jacket I know, and, and it's, it's like, snowing pretty heavy. Well, it's not yeah. snowing yet, but there's a lot of snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. And he cleans off his car with his bare hands because he's not wearing gloves. Yeah. Because here's somebody who did not dress for the elements. Yes, absolutely not. Even though apparently he goes to this place a lot. Right. Yeah. So he it's gets- supposed to be Sidewinder, Winder, Colorado. Is it supposed to be? Yes. I think in the book it's explicitly said it's Sidewinder. I, you know, when he's driving, he goes and drives on these precarious roads on the side of a mountain. I was like, this is very shining. Well, because y- you know how um, Stephen King is. He likes, yeah, like, it's things either in Maine or it's in Colorado. Castle Rock, and, yeah. you know, uh, Derry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sidewinder is a big one for him. So it yeah, is supposed so to be Sidewinder. I didn't know it was specifically Sidewinder. I knew it was Colorado because he, he ends up in, like, Still Spring yeah. or something like that. Um, but yeah, I was like, this is so shining. So, but yeah, he's not like at the overlook, but yeah, he's no. he's in the same general vicinity. Yeah, wow. And I just thought it was funny that the that like he gets in the car and then this huge like Sam and Dave sixties hit like starts playing. And I'm like, this is, seems like a fun rom com beginning <laughs> and not really like the beginning to this horror movie. I mean it does. It does. <laughs> um he's driving really fast down these yeah. very snowy roads and then all of a sudden this blizzard rolls in. So like yeah. clearly he did not even check the weather before he got in the car. He should have gotten a snow cap. And he's still driving too fast. Yes. And then all of a sudden does he yeah so he crashes his car yes he basically goes down an embankment yes. or something and we get a flashback and he's talking to his agent who's played by lauren bacall Call. Mm-hmm. and he mentions that misery made him feel like a hack and that he's not a real writer because yes. she's like misery put braces on your daughter's teeth and put her through college and now mm-hmm. he just killed her yeah so you find out that he's like the author of these romance novels about this woman named misery chastain so they're like the misery collection of of novels and he's now decided to kill her off which is a huge deal he doesn't feel like a real writer so then we're back to present day and Mm -hmm. he's upside down in the car and his face is all bloody yep and he gets pulled out of the car yeah you don't see who's doing it but he gets basically saved by somebody but they give him cpr which yeah I was questioning that too. I was like, I don't think this is a CPR situation. It is not a CPR situation. <laughs> um, but okay. Yeah. Whatever. Sure, I think she just wanted to kiss him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then she's, well, we don't know if it's a she yet. Do we? We'd... Yeah, we don't know. But I'm, t- I'm talking about knowledge the person, of later. The person slings them over his shoulders. Know, and starts, she... And I'm just, all I can think is spinal injury. You have to stabilize that spine. I... I didn't even think about that, but I mean, it brings me back to like, you do need a hardy person if they're going to be able to do that. Um, And he starts coming to his name is Paul, by the way. Yes, Paul Sheldon. He starts coming to and we kind of hear like this echoing voice going, I'm your biggest fan. I'm your number one fan. Yeah, it's very weird. And it's like, great. Crazy person found me. Yep. And when he wakes up. There's this woman standing over him mm-hmm. and she tells him her name is Annie, yep. that she's his number one fan, that she's a nurse. Yep. She pulled him out of the car. She can't get him to the hospital. Yeah, because the roads are closed right. and, the, and the phones are down. And then she just gives him drugs. Yeah, she gives him some weird orange pills. Yes. 
And we find out that his arm is hurt and mm-hmm. his legs are fucked up. She yeah. mentions that he has like, I don't know if he wakes up later. I can't remember yeah, if he I woke up later. Yeah, sequence where she shows yeah. him his legs and yeah. she's splinted them. She mentions that he has multiple fractures. Yeah, his, they look bad. His they legs. look real bad. <laughs> um, so we then meet a sheriff. Well, yes. I know. Bust, I loved him. Buster. I loved him I loved so Buster. Much. Pour one out for Buster. Oh, seriously. Um, and his wife, who's the Oh, deputy. my God. I love her, too. I loved both of them so much. So we meet Buster, who's, like, the sheriff, the of head of, like, town. everything. Yeah. yeah. And it's because his, uh, Paul's agent is calling. Mm-hmm. And she's concerned because Paul's daughter hasn't heard from him. Yep. And the agent is kind of like, listen, you yokel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> I don't know if you're the right person to speak. She's like, I need the sheriff. I need the person. I need this person. And he's like, well, I'm all three of those things. It's like, I'll also skin deer on my free. No, he doesn't say that. But like, <laughs> he might as well. It's very implied that if there was a stoplight in this town, it would just be one blinking red one somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's very small and, and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, he says, well, I haven't heard anything. But he knows who Paul Sheldon is. Apparently everybody knows who he is because he likes to come up there to, to finish his novels. And he's like, I'll look into it. So. Yes, and he puts his name on a sticky note on a board. Yes. <laughs> oh, got to chew some ice. And he goes, I'll put it into the system. If anything comes up, I'll give you a call. Yeah. <laughs> and he just sticks it up on a board. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's kind of like, well... I've got too much on my plate today, so we'll just let that simmer for a minute. Yep, absolutely. So we get back to Annie and Paul, and we find out that um, Annie's kind of a great aid stalker. Yeah, that she she's truly his number one fan, right? She like like she knows a lot about him, and yeah, she knows that he comes up here to finish his novels. Yes. And is this where she says to him, like, oh, sometimes like was, I'll sit and watch her cabin. You, yeah. yeah. Like, I'll sit and watch the light in the cabin and wonder what's going on in there. I'm like, I was kind of following you when the storm was hitting and all of that kind of stuff. It's very creepy. But yeah. Annie is very, like, conservatively dressed. And she's, like, she's just very, like, polite in the right. way that she speaks, like, almost to a fault. Right. And it's a little bit weird. Right. And and she does not use, like, curse words or, like, she swear words. She's very, like, um... She's just very, like, stunted, almost. And just very, mm. very, very conservative. I wouldn't say stunted. Well, yeah, maybe not. But... Uh, then we find out the sheriff... I feel like I'm missing stuff. Oh, no. Did I not take great notes? Oh, no. I have no notes. Oh, this is bad. No, it's okay. Um, So. The sheriff goes up to see the innkeeper, right? Yeah. He goes to see the innkeeper about about Paul because Paul's always staying there. And the guy basically just says, look, he's a really great um, tenant or guest or whatever. Right. And he says he comes up here all the time to finish his books. He always drives the same car. Yeah. He always has orders Dom Perignon. He's like, that's how I know he was leaving because he ordered the the yeah. champagne. Um, and, you know, he left. Yeah. And he left. And that's all we sort of know about it. So we're back at Annie's house and she had asked Paul if she could read his new book because she had rescued it alongside yeah. him. And Paul said, yes. So now Paul's waking up again and Annie's mad about the new book. Yes. She says that there's too much uh, swearing, which at yeah. this point I was like, oh, her and Carrie's mother would get along yeah, real well. Yeah, they really would. 
And um, Paul is like... Paul's like, you know, these are slum kids, yes. he says. He's like, like, this is how they talk. This is how I talk. Yeah, I she's grew like, up this way. I never talked like this. This is not how people talk. I don't talk like this. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. and she, she says like, she says like, I don't walk into the store and ask them to get me that bitchly feed. I don't ask them to do like, she uses them all wrong. Right. She like doesn't know how to actually curse, but she's getting really riled up in a way that you kind of... Like, you kind of don't realize that she's capable of doing. Like, she starts, like, shouting at him. Yes. And Paul's just like, well, now I'm trapped with this one. Yep. And she says to him that she loves him. Yeah. And, and she's like, I'm sorry for blowing up at you. And Right. So she does have, like, this is the first time we see, like, this anger and then apology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it happens a few more times during the film. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, Kathy Bates is acting in this. This is so good. So good. So good. Cause she is truly like unsettling and like Yeah, she's just an unhinged person. You know, I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of somebody blowing up on you or like seeing someone blow up on someone that you've never known to actually like physically blown up on someone. I, I don't think I've... Okay. I mean, I've seen... Nobody's nobody's ever been, like, blown up on me who's been, like, nice or polite. Because, like, yeah. I'm generally, like... Yeah, yeah, A nicer... But I've seen, like, you know, people that I know who are, like, always nice and always polite mm. and always, like, you know... Yeah. Kind of, like, they take the punches as they, they come. Yeah. Like, I've seen them, like, like just get so frustrated and lose it. And it's, like, that scary kind of anger because you're like, well, Yeah, yeah, you're like, well, what happened? Where's the nice person? I didn't know you were capable of that. Capable of that. Yeah, no, I'm lucky in that I don't think I've ever really been on the receiving end of that or really Yeah, I haven't been it, on the but... receiving end, but it's like, it's like when you're, it's, you know, it's, it's scary because you're like, oh my yeah. God, it's a whole nother it's side such of a, you. It's such a shift. Yeah. So she does them. like a good job of that, but it's yeah. like, even crazier because like she's terrified when yeah, she gets but, angry. Like you can kind of tell even when she's being her polite self that there's something seething yes. underneath it. And it's just so creepy. Cause it's like there's something creepy about someone who's just so measured in how right. they speak. And it's it's creepy that it's little things that set her off. Like yeah. I'm talking like when I've seen this happen, it's been like major things. Yeah, like people you know, bottling shit up and then Right. Like it's not just like, oh, you cursed. It's like you like like you know almost hit me with your car because you were not paying attention or like you were drinking and like almost killed yourself or killed someone else like yeah or it's something like in Carrie where all like they just keep chipping away at her and then she snaps you know um so then we're back to the sheriff and the sheriff's wife and they're in the car and they're looking for where his car went and she's getting a little handsy yeah no that this in the in this scene I do remember I wrote down like Sheriff and his assistant, and then parentheses wife, and then they immediately confirm that she's his wife. He's like, he's like, Virginia, you are my wife, but when you're in this car, you are my My deputy. deputy. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I want to be at home under the covers with the sheriff. I was like, I love you. (laughs) So he sees that there's like a a broken tray, so he goes to investigate, and he kind of like falls down the embankment a little, gets stuck. So he comes back up, and he was like this close to, to the discover car. in Paul's car. And you just see the wheel of the car underneath the snow and know that he just missed it. 
So then we're back with um, Annie and Paul, and Annie mentions to Paul that she got a new copy of his book. It's like Misery's Child. Yes. It's like the last Misery book. Mm-hmm. And Paul kind of picks up that she's lying because she said like the phone lines were down and the roads were still mm-hmm. closed. And she tells him that her phone line is still down. Yeah. And the road to town is open, but not the road to the hospital. Yeah, which and, is clearly not true. Right. And she tells him that she phoned the hospital. And the orthopedic surgeon there said, as long as there's no sign of infection, like, keep him there. And once the hot road opens, we'll send an ambulance. And he's like, she's also telling him that she phoned her, his agent. Yeah, that everybody knows where he's at. Yeah. Which is not true. Um, And then Annie starts telling him that she's so excited to read the next misery book and she's going to start reading as soon as possible. now. Now, here's the thing. I am a voracious reader. Yes. I love reading. Mm-hmm. I love reading books. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and I read books very quickly. Yep. I read them super slowly. <laughs> I don't think I would ever, if I had like the author in my house, like, or like knew the author, mm-hmm. like would it be like text them. I'm on chapter 14. Yeah. I'm on chapter 14 and a half. Like, I know. I She's would never. Like- She's like, and I think she says at one point that she's 40 pages in. Yes. And knowing you and knowing my sister who both read super quickly in a lot of books, I was like, I'd be surprised if I was on page 40, but this man is your favorite author and you fucking love this book. You're on page 40. <laughs> like, you should have read the whole thing last night. It's like, I don't brag to people about like, you know, like, oh, I, yeah. read, I read the book in a single day. Like, that's not something I brag about. Yeah. And I love to read and I read very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a problem. <laughs> no, it's not a problem. It's good. It's I wish pro- I was like that. so much money on books. I really wish I wasn't in the middle of Moby Dick for the past year and a half. But here we are. So I actually just finished a, a, a scary book. It was called The Haunting of Mad- Maddie Claire. Oh, was it good? Yeah, it was very good. Was it scary? Predictable. Oh, wow. scary. Yeah. Okay. I love to be scared. Okay. Yeah, it was predictable. In, in case that's news to you guys, I love to be scared. Uh-huh. Anyway, so then Aunt, we meet a pig. Yeah. And he has like a pig. Pig just comes in with a... Oh, shit. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> um, pig just comes in wearing a collar and you're just like, what the fuck's going on? And it, it like goes and almost sort of jumps on James Caan and, uh, or Paul. And she comes in and she's like, this is my sow misery. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. And I, I 100% said, I can't believe she named her pa- pig after the book character. And then I thought to myself, that's something I would do. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's just that her name is Misery. It's kind of like when uh, Tessa the D'Urbervilles names her daughter Sorrow. <laughs> I, I, I... That's the only thing I remember from Tessa the D'Urbervilles. That was depressing, and she named I, her daughter Sorrow. Because, like, I would hundred percent would name my animal after a book cat, oh, after yeah. a book cat, after a book character. One hundred percent, yes, one hundred percent. I would have a cat running around here named Snape or something. Oh, baby Snape. One hundred percent. It would have to be a black cat, of course. Yes, of course. Or like, I don't know, a dog named Frodo. I would one hundred percent do that. So I don't oh, know why. Little baby Frodo. I don't know why I'm judging her for having a pig named Misery. Because, A, I would love a pet pig, and I would name it Charlotte, even though technically the pig's name was Wilbur, but I would name it Charlotte. Oh, for Charlotte's Web. Mm -hmm. It took me too long to connect that. (laughs) Technically, the pig's name was Wilbur, but I would name it Charlotte. Yeah, of course. I 100% would have a pet pig, and I would 100% name name it after a book character. Because that's who I I am. it's just the fact that the name is Misery that's what's jarring, you know? 
I agree. <laughs> but I mean, who am I to judge this woman? Who am I? Because I think we can all judge Annie Wilkes a little bit. I think, yeah, not on the basis of the pig, but just on the basis of her <laughs> being her. I mean, if I had Stephen King tied up in my house. I... Oh, God. Oh, no. Well, no, first of all, I wouldn't. That would require me actually talking to people. Like, you know. Yeah, no. But And besides which, if I did, the only thing that I would be saying is, why did you like Dr. Sleep the movie? Why did you tell me it was like Shawshank Redemption and hurt my heart quite so badly? But anyway, thank you for that. No, of course. (laughs) Um, So Paul is kind of like, someone needs to come and save me now. Yeah. And we find out that Annie's husband left her and she dove into work and she discovered Paul's books. Yeah. And she like says that like Paul basically saved her. Yeah. You know, in misery saved her and she's saying this whole thing and she's like this is after she meets the pig, after he meets the pig she's right. like looking at the window mm-hmm. and he's sta- laying there under the covers and it turns out the whole time he was peeing into oh, a yeah, jar yeah. <laughs> so then, then he ta- she takes the pee from him and she's like yeah. waving she's it like around gesturing him. with it while she's talking to him yes. and I'm like oh and he's like watching it oh, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like well I have to get back to reading the book now and you can tell on his face he's just like uh, you're not gonna like the ending, are you? Yeah, this is like the book really where he kills this misery, the, where she, where he kills her off. Um, and then he wakes up, and Annie is there. Yeah, because she's, she's finished. The she's book. so. Is this what? Is this the first time it's like at night and you kind of like see her? Yes. That that always got me when yeah. they did that. I literally wrote, "Oh, Kathy Bates is yeah, I phenomenal." Like, I know, just so such a presence, and she's like, "You killed my misery," yeah. and he's like trying to explain to her. He's like, "Women died all the time in childbirth in <laughs> 1871." <laughs> he's like, "It happens. It's um, okay." But Annie says that no one knows he's here, and she tells him like she never called yeah. the hospital, she never called his agent. If I die, oh, you better not. You better hope that nothing happens to me because. I die, you die. She mentions that she was on the witness stand, and yeah, she's when like, she was on a witness stand, her thoughts were fuzzy. Yeah, and then she says that God spoke to her. Oh, great! <laughs> and like told her, like you know, Paul was there for a reason. Yeah. So I guess it's later than the next day. Mm-hmm. She wheels in a barbecue. Yes, and she wants Paul to burn his manuscript. Yeah, and she puts lighter fluid on it and stuff. Right. And Paul's like, "Well, that's fine. I I can burn it, but just yeah. so you know, there's other copies out there." And she's like, "No, no, there's not. Because when you wrote your first book, you didn't make a copy because you thought nobody would want to read mm-hmm. it. And ever since then, you never make a copy when you finish a book because you consider it bad luck to make a copy. So I know there's not another one." And Paul's like, "Jesus Christ, woman. yeah." He's like, "You told Get that off story of Wikipedia. On, you told that story on Merv Griffin twelve yeah. years ago." And I was like, holy shit. I mean, I will say, Annie is very committed for someone, like, who does not have the internet. Yes, absolutely. Um, She knows her stuff. Yeah. She knows how to work a card catalog, let me tell you. (laughs) I just want to say, I don't know, like, I'm so happy that, like, the most of, like, our research stuff that we had to do happened after the internet was common. <laughs> yeah, no, oh my goodness. Seriously. Because I can't imagine having this much energy to devote to like figuring yeah. and finding stuff out. Oh my God. Seriously. Because now I can just Google it. shit and like find like a yeah. variable source and be like, okay. You can know, you can figure out anything. And when I was doing my master's degree, my favorite thing was that thing that like generates a bibliography for you. I was like, fuck yeah, I hate bibliographies. <laughs> 
I don't think anyone enjoys them. Ugh. No, there's probably a bibliographiophile somewhere. Um, the book I'm reading right now, it's like part of it is like this the girls doing her capstone project and like they like use actual expert excerpts from mm-hmm. her project and it has like proper quotations and everything oh, wow. and i'm like the dedication of this yeah, author because i would have been like nah yeah no <laughs> you can figure that out you're <laughs> like nobody yeah, needs to know no, that no it's like nobody like, needs apa format like she in their gives fiction like novel. she gives like sources and stuff like in the oh, thing but crap. they're fictional sources because yeah. it's a fictional story and i'm uh-huh. just like that is dedication truly because truly. i just yeah ain't nobody got time for that yeah <laughs> nobody had time for it when I was getting grades for it. Yeah, and uh, definitely nobody got time for it when I'm not being graded for it. <laughs> oh my God. Ridiculous. Uh, oh, so when she's saying this, she's like kind of spraying him down with the lighter fluid too. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, maybe it's a good idea if I just like burn Yeah, and she script. makes him like light the match and everything. Right. And then he does it. He burns it. And then a bunch of plate pages go flying and she's like... She's shocked. She's like shocked. That- she's like, oh, gee, Willikers. Oh, yes, my. I know. Like there's could have been a problem with this. Right. And I'm like, you just lit a huge fire. Like you put a lot of lighter fluid on I that. know. She did. Like it's paper. Like she was picking up the pages and putting more fluid <laughs> Fluid in it it's like it's just paper you, you don't need to put a lighter fluid on yeah it. oh my goodness maybe you do i haven't burnt a stack of paper in a while i don't think i ever have not since your graduation party oh no i'm yes. kidding oh I'm, i goodness. did not burn a stack of paper at your you graduation. burned a fork i burned a fork you burned a plastic fork i burnt a plastic fork don't give fire don't megan. don't leave megan alone with fire don't actually no i'm much better with fire now yeah <laughs> Don't leave eighteen-year-old Megan alone with fire. I mean, after after you know that time at the institution, they really. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty, and I just like how it melts. <laughs> it's sweet cleansing fire. <laughs> the candles taste like burning. <laughs> oh, Ralph. Anyway, so when Paul's laying there after she takes out like the barbecue, yeah. He hears a helicopter. Yeah. And Annie comes in and she hears the helicopter mm-hmm. too. And we uh, flash to the helicopter. And Buster's in there with the helicopter pilot. Played and- by? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Rob Renner. Oh, it was Rob Renner. I was yeah. not paying attention. Direct a I know, cameo. I know what he looks like too. I was not paying attention because I love Buster so much. I, I was know. Just looking at him. And I'm like, oh, Buster did good. He got himself a helicopter. I know. <laughs> I was so proud of him. I know, but it's so bad because it's like they're searching, they're seeing if they can see anything, and they go up to the Wilkes farm and he goes, Well, there's no car that matches the car that we have there, and nobody's ever out here. So let's go back. And I'm mm. like, Ugh. People are out here. <laughs> so then we see Paul has decided he's going to start stashing his pills. Yes. Um, and he hides them under his bed. His mattress, yeah. And then he, like, takes a fork and, like, stabs a seam open in his bed and, like, yeah, hides and them start- in the mattress. Because he starts hiding them in the mattress, yeah. too. But he gets an upgrade. He's in a wheelchair Yeah, now. he gets a wheelchair. Um, and Annie decides to put him in the wheelchair so he can write his new novel yes. called Misery's Return. Yes. Which, if that doesn't sound like my life, I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah, she says to him, like, I'm sorry I blew up at you. I've realized what we're going to do now. I realize why you're here. 
is that you're gonna you're gonna write this. It's gonna be your masterpiece. And yes. You're gonna write Misery's Return. She says, "I'm here to bring misery back to the world." Yeah. And I said, "Lady, you're doing a fine ass job bringing yeah. misery to the world." Yeah. And she says that she's got him a new studio, which I don't think is what you call a writer's like place. No, but it's a writing studio. Oh, okay. Never yeah. mind. But um, she gets him. She's like, I got this typewriter and it was on sale because there's no N. <laughs> and yes. Like, and I'm like, you use the N a lot. Yeah. I was like, you're going to need the N. Especially you? since the love interests in the misery books are Ian, which Ian ends with and, an N, and, and Winthorn. Winthorn. Which has two N's in it, <laughs> if I'm spelling it the way it sounds like. Yeah. Oh my god. It's it's like hard to believe that somebody like James Conn wrote these novels, but he did. I don't know, for me, because I'm used to seeing him in The Godfather. And then oh, in, that's where I know him And from. then in Elf also, where he's, you know, very impatient all the time. I haven't watched the movie yet. For the season? Or in life? No. I, I oh, thank you. In life. Thank you. I started watching it yesterday, but I got tired, so I went to sleep. I haven't watched it yet for the season. Yeah, it's always it. jarring to see a blonde Zoe Deschanel. I know it's weird now, and so for her to be so cynical. Yes, it is very weird. But hey girl, what you doing? Okay, sorry. Okay, I'm singing the new girl theme song. Oh, I don't know. I I watched like a season. Of the new girl you know, it's funny. Like, what? It's funny. So I was rewatching Veronica Mars on Hulu. Oh god, and such you a know betrayal, that uh, Leo, Deputy Leo. Yeah. Or, so I'm like watching it. And I'm literally oh, like, yeah, he's on the new girl. I'm literally like five episodes into his arc, and I'm like, huh, it's Schmidt. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I knew I knew that guy. Oh man, but he's like such a different character. Yeah, like, you know, completely different. And I was like, that's funny. Huh. So you're rewatching Veronica Mars? Yeah, I started rewatching. Oh, Veronica it's Mars. such a betrayal though with I that know. new series. Just don't yeah. watch the new one. I know. Justice for Logan. <laughs> anyway. I forgot what he douche he was the first season. He was season. a douche. Oh, when they get together. I know. So hot. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what's his face? Um, oh, so Paul sees when she's going in and out in the room, She see he sees a bobby pin on the floor. Yes. And when she brings in the paper... And she says to him, did I do a good job? Paul's like, you did great. And he like turns on the charm and he goes, but this is not the right paper. Right. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, it smudges. And she says, it's the most expensive paper. So I don't understand how yeah, it smudges. It costs the most. Like, and he tells her he needs a specific kind. So he shows her that it smudges. Yeah. And she goes, huh, what do you know? So then she's like mad. Yeah, she blows up at him again. And she sh- sh- throws the ream of paper down yes. on his legs. And oh, I'm God. like, oh my God, that must have hurt so badly. And she's always calling him Mr. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um. So she storms out to go get the new paper. Mm-hmm. And I'm sat there. I'm like, wheel, Paul, wheel, wheel. as fast as you wheel can. for your life. And he gets out of the... He gets out of the room by using yeah, a bobby pin. He does. And he's he says to himself what he's trying to do. He's like, I've written about this so many times. Yeah. I know how this is supposed to work. And it finally works for him. I'm like, does it, would it really work that easily? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know how to pick a lock. So <laughs> I was surprised that he bent it. I was like, I don't know what that's supposed to do. but And it's an old style lock, too. Like, we don't yeah. have locks like that anymore. Right. So I couldn't even try if I wanted to. Right. So he ends up getting out because he's... It, 
Is this the part where he had said to her, can I get a snack too? Because I think he's just hungry No, that's also. later. Oh, that's later? Yeah. Yeah, so he gets out of the room and he goes into her house. He sees a phone. Yes. And he tries to use it, but it's like literally okay. missing its guts. Well, yeah, it's insides are taken out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and as he's wheeling around his her living room, he seems he sees like a memory book, and it says "My memories." Yeah, memory lane. I think. And then he almost knocks over a little penguin. <gasps> yes, but the he penguin. catches it, and he faces it the yes. wrong way. Yep. And I said that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I, I literally said that penguin's going to bitch you and bite you in the ass. Yes, he's going to tell on you. He's going to narc on you. So then he's trying to get into different rooms, and yeah. he's like ramming some of the doors open with his legs. I and know. I'm like, I'm like, it must hurt so much. That's so painful. Oh so he God. finds like her medication room. Yes, and sees all of the orange pills. Right, and he takes some. And then he gets to the kitchen, but he can't get his wheelchair through it. Yeah. So he sees another door there, and the front door is locked, so he couldn't yeah. get out the front door. So he gets out of the chair and crawls yes, to the door. Yes, he's like pulling himself. Yes, and this is when I say, crawl, Paul, crawl like you've never <laughs> crawled before. It's so painful looking, though, because oh, yeah. he can't even get like purchase on the floor. There's nothing to like grab onto right. so he's just pulling on the flat floor um and when he gets to the door of course it's locked and then he hears her coming back he hears yeah. her car <gasps> this oh it's so tense when he so gets tense. himself i was like she's gonna find him yeah because i didn't know when the hobbling scene showed up so i was like oh is this it but he actually gets himself back in the chair right and gets back into the room right and he ma- makes it back in the room and she walks in and he realizes that his like pain pills are showing yes. so he like covers it real quickly uh-huh. and she's like paul what's wong with you you're a perspiring and your yeah. color is absolutely like wacky she says or your color is hectic hectic which yeah. is weird <laughs> um and he says, you know what's wrong with me? I'm in pain. I need so, my pain pills. Yeah. Navarill or something she calls it. Right. And like she gets like a sick like a uh, like satisfaction from like yeah. relieving his pain. So Yeah. Yeah. She's like, OK, OK. She wants to put on the bed first. Right. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> so he she, she leaves and he stuffs the pills down his pants so that she can't see them. The first of many things that he stuffs down his pants. <laughs> That's true. Well, it's the only pocket that he has, I guess. Um, so when she gets back, she gets him into bed. She gives him the pain pills. Mm-hmm. And she apologizes and, uh, apologizes and says she has a temper issue. Right. Um, and as she leaves the room, he like takes the pills out of his mouth. and Right. Them. Hides them. So then we see the sheriff is still out in the helicopter. And they find his car. Yep. And this scene was weird, really weird to me mm-hmm. because they pull out the car and then we have like this press conference oh yeah with like the colorado state police chief where he's literally he's like, like he's paul definitely is dead. dead paul is dead there are signs that he crawled from the car and he's dead he's 100 percent dead we'll find his body in the yeah, spring he's like we're presuming him to be dead yeah. when it thaws out unless the animals got yes to him. he's like so but doom he did gloom he definitely did might he say he is full of misery yes and yes. Sheriff Buster is looking at the car and he's like, I think someone pulled him out of yeah, here. Yeah, somebody definitely pulled him out. And you're like, yes, Buster. <laughs> but it's like, why would you hold that press conference before you even looked at the car? I know. It's fucking weird. It's very strange. They're just like, he did. <laughs> he's Buy his books dead. now. Yes. he did. Invest in those books. Um, and then we get Paul at his typewriter. And yeah, I sit there and he, and he writes. He's typing. He's typing, and it's just like 
fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I know. And I was like, <laughs> all oh, work and no play makes, makes Johnny, Johnny a dull boy. Jackson. <laughs> I was thinking Jack Nic- Nicholson. Oh. Um, <laughs> no TV and no beer make Homer something, something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and then he actually puts in some paper and begins to actually write something. Right. Um. So... Annie comes storming in the room because she has criticisms to make of the first chapter and she flips out at him and she goes, I'm very specific about details. I'm a very detailed person. And she rants about how when she was younger, she used to go see like these serial movies. Yeah, these serial movies. She calls them chapter plays, but they're basically serials. And she's like... And they would show you Rocket Man strapped in the car and mm-hmm. unable to get out. And they would show you the car going off the cliff and then say, stay tuned next week. And we go back next week. And then they would show him rolling out at the last second and everyone would cheer. And I would stand up and scream, they're fooling us. This yes. isn't fair. And, they, and like she this like what happened. flips out. He I, didn't get out of the, the cock car. duty car. Right. Um. <laughs> so I bet she got kicked out of theaters a lot when she yeah, was younger. I, I hope so. Because that is some bullshit right there. <laughs> I'd be like, listen, I paid a good five sense to be here <laughs> and i want to enjoy it now i have to go tie a lemon around my waist because <laughs> that was the style, style at, at the time, time. <laughs> oh oh memories and and i said i i like books as much as the next person more than the next person. more than the next person but this is too much this too, is too much too i mean much. i i read a book series once that had a terrible continuity issue uh, uh-huh. issue um it was like so basically, these two characters were supposed to be the same age. Mm-hmm. And this one character was claiming that her father was this other character who was dead, who died okay. at the end of the first book. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think he really was her father. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. These two characters were supposed to be the same age. This character's parents... the So character A and character B. Character mm-hmm. B was claiming that man two was her father. Okay. Man 2 died at the end of the first novel. Okay. So characters A parents, Man 1 and Woman 1, killed him at the end of the first novel. Okay. He was an evil person. Okay. Character A, their daughter, mm. is... So the first novel took place 35 years before the second novel. Okay. Their daughter is 20. Okay. So she's the same age as character B, who's claiming that man too was her father who died 35 Five years, years ago, ago and she's only 20 oh that's really annoying yes uh, like and he's really her father and i was just oh, like for real oh for that real. doesn't make any sense it was like like this serial that's annoying it was a serial romance novel and i'm like but that doesn't add up but did i like angrily write the author that she made a <laughs> God, huge mistake no. no but that author also has the internet to tell her what she did wrong <laughs> so uh, i mean no i didn't and, like i mean there's a bunch of like there's errors in harry potter do i like write jk rowland that God, no. she's an idiot no do i think she's an idiot for other reasons yes <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean i'm not gonna write her and be like you're telling me that friend and george never noticed that there was a man named um I don't remember. Peter Pettigrew sleeping with their brother oh, God. for three years. You're telling me you, they never noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're telling me they couldn't have just used the time turner for everything. Well, <laughs> yeah. So you're, te- you're telling me nobody noticed 
who had the access to the Marauder's Map, that Peter Pettigrew was sleeping with Ron. Oh, like a full grown man. And people are like, well, why would they be checking up on Ron? They're sneaking out. Don't you think they would be checking to make sure Percy was in bed? Mm-hmm. And then he's in Gryffindor Tower. Don't you think they would see Ron's name and be like, why the fuck is there a man sleeping next to Ron? Yeah, someone please help our brother. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, no, I get your point. <laughs> Sorry. You're not writing these people. You are <laughs> obviously very passionate. Also, but you're not. Don't even get me started on Snape and Lily. <laughs> because people are like, it's such a great love story. No, it's not. He was obsessed it's, it's with a sick her. Love story. It is a sick love story. He was obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a healthy love relationship. Yes, he loved her. Yes, he cared very deeply okay. about her. Meg, but, okay, sorry. I didn't. You asked me not to get you started. And I did it. You did that. I know. <laughs> I just hate it when people put like always as like their wedding quote or something because it's. <sighs> I don't even remember it, to be honest with you. <laughs> These are the things that keep makeup up at Because Dumbledore, after all this time, always like I. Uh... <sighs> okay, sorry. But. Point being said, you don't see me writing this shit to J.K. Rowling. No, because you have a podcast on which you can <laughs> rant about it. We got the Broadway aside. We have the Harry Potter rant. We have. Oh, we had a Broadway aside in our last episode. We didn't call it out. Failed to call it out. We did. Hello, Dolly. That was this episode. That was this episode. Oh God. I have no concept of time. We were talking about Bette Midler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Replacing. Oh, God. I thought that was the last episode. I know nothing. Okay. Anyway. So. (laughs) So. uh, What's his face? Paul rewrites the beginning. So it makes sense. And by the way, they're really lucky that he's one of those authors who can just write shit and he doesn't have to outline. Or take heavy drugs. (laughs) Take heavy drugs. Do any of that. You know, he just literally sits down at the at, he can sit down at a typewriter and just write a whole ass novel. <laughs> um, so Annie starts getting all lovey dovey with him because mm-hmm. now he's writing the novel the way she yep. wants, and like there's this whole like story that works for her yes. and she's happy. And um, we see the sheriff, and he comes back from buying like all Paul's books, and his mm-hmm. wife is on the phone with someone, and she's like, "I don't know where the sheriff is. He must be having an affair." Yeah, he's out probably having an affair. And when he walks in, and he's like, "He's like, who's on the phone?" And she's like, "Whoever the name was." Right, yeah, he wants to know who you're having an affair with. <laughs> and he's like, "My dear, at this age, the fact that you think I can't have the energy to go out and have an affair is flattering." But when he's on the phone with this guy, this guy, uh-huh. he's—we only hear the sheriff's side of the conversation. Yeah. He's like, "I'm gonna just call the guy Bill." Yeah, he's like, "Well, Bill, I understand, but if you put benches out front, people are gonna sit on them." <laughs> well, I don't like it either. But <laughs> yeah, Bill does not want people to sit on the benches that he deliberately puts out of his store. Um. So yeah, I want to be them when I'm older because yes. they are so funny. Oh my god, they are so funny. So Paul asks Annie to have dinner with him to celebrate the novel. Yes. And well, you had seen prior to this though. Yes, he was He had made a little pa- like pouch out of some loose leaf paper and he was putting the powder of the pills yes. into it. So clearly he's trying to poison him. Her. Her. Yeah. Everyone. 
Every single person. Um, so she gets all dressed up and makes him a special dinner and they have it out in the dining room. She looks like a pilgrim in this scene. She does. But her hair is nice. Yes. Um, and she makes meatloaf and yeah. Paul is like really playing it up. Yeah. He's like, this is She's the like- best meatloaf ever. I only ever. use fresh tomatoes and yes. I'm like, that would probably make it really watery. And then she's like, <laughs> and I add in some spam and I said... To make it, to give some extra zip. And I was like, oh god. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is sounds- probably a really bad meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. So then Paul proposes that they toast and he mm-hmm. pours her some wine. He like overpours her wine. Yes. And then he's like, oh, why don't you go get a candle? Mm. And when she goes to get the candle, he Puts dumps the powder into the wine. Into the wine. And they toast to misery yes which is something i toast to on a daily basis and then like she didn't know right like this no, is just an accident no. like just as an accident she spills her glass yeah she like knocks over the candle which causes her to spill her glass of wine you, it's like it's like paul's that reddit face. it's that reddit watch people die inside yeah like you just see. paul's face he's literally just like dun dun all righty so he he dutifully goes through with the rest of the dinner right <laughs> um and then we get a little montage of like yes, him, him writing, writing. and she re- her reading it. And then all of a sudden it's like storming really bad outside. Oh, yeah. And I got excited. It's like, oh, is spring coming? But no, it's just raining. It's just raining. Yeah. And there's one part I just wanted to mention oh. before this stuff happens where she's like talking about what a masterpiece it is. And she goes, what was that piece by Dago? And something oh. and he goes, the Sistine Chapel. And I was like, that was Michelangelo. I- <laughs> And like I couldn't, I didn't really do a, a big search about it, but I was like, "That's a pretty big mistake. Maybe, maybe it was a joke. I don't know." <laughs> um, she also apparently likes Liberace. Oh, she loves. She's like, "I'm gonna go play my Liberace records," which I don't think I ever heard a Liberace song until I found out the song at the end is a Liberace song, and oh, I yeah, have yeah. heard that one. So yeah, but I, that's that's a song that people do. I don't know that I've ever heard him do it. I think it's him singing, but it's him singing it for that. Yeah. version but yeah anyway back to it it's it's raining out so annie's in paul's room and it's dark and she's like in her dressing gown and yeah. she's like completely out of it and he's he, like are you okay yeah and she's like the rain gives me the blues yeah. or something and she mentioned mentions that she's totally in love with him yeah and she knows he doesn't love her and will never love her yeah and she's like because i'm not one of those hollywood types and i'm like honey that's the least of the problems if there's a problem at all <laughs> and she's saying that she's getting sad because the novel's almost done yeah and he's gonna leave and she doesn't want him to leave and she like pulls a gun out of her dressing yeah. gown she's like i bought this gun yeah and she goes sometimes i think about using mm-hmm. it and paul's like on yourself right yeah yeah like <laughs> you and then she's like i think i'm gonna go put bullets in this gun yeah and like leaves it's she goes very- oh i have to go now because i'm thinking about putting bullets in the gun yeah so she gets in her car and like drives away and paul sees this as an opportunity to right. go exploring again right and he grabs a knife because the first but- rule of gunfights is to bring a Br- knife Bring a knife. yeah but he had seen the knives th- yes. before and i thought he was gonna get one then but he didn't get one until this time and um, he puts it in his uh his sling. cast his sling, his sling thing but and then we go to the sheriff and the sheriff's like reading in bed with his wife yeah, and he's, he's like, struck by a line from a misery yes. novel yeah and the line is like there is a court higher there's than a that judge man, higher than that a man and i'll be judged by him yeah yeah so now we're back to 
But I love how Buster's like a full misery fanboy now. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're back to Paul and he's still in her house and he sees her memory book is open and it's open mm-hmm. to pages that shows that he's dead, like a newspaper clip and yeah, saying like that she's Paul is dead. Collecting, yeah. Um, and then as he flips through it, we see her father jumped off something. Yeah. We see that a nurse and student fell from a great height. Yeah. And then like the next page is that Annie was named like yeah, the top nurse and students. Yep. And basically through these pages, we find out that Annie's a killer nurse, that yeah. babies had died under she care. She killed old people at one point because she was the head of the geriatric unit. Then she was the head of the maternity ward yeah. and infants were dying. Right. And they called her like the dragon lady. Yeah. Um, Which I'm confused how she got released, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. You don't find out like how long she spent. Right. She was arrested and stuff. So like. Right. And there was a trial. Yeah. And it's kind of presumed from the negative the negativity of the of the articles that she probably went to jail right but maybe she insanity defense and i don't know i don't know but she got i mean for her to have that much nurse and supplies on her farm you would think she was still actively nursing right like when it first started i assumed like like i knew the idea i knew she was like a, a killer nurse i assumed she was doing like home care visits as like a nursing right person right, 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 right now but i'm like I mean, they don't explain. I'm pretty sure you, you know, maybe they found her not guilty. You know, maybe they maybe. did find her not guilty. Maybe there was enough evidence to convict. Who right. Knows? Who knows? Anyway, Paul is practicing hiding his knife and like pulling it yeah. out of his sling. I'm like, I'd be careful not to cut myself. When right. Put it back in. But there. then when she comes home, he hides the knife under the yeah. mattress because she doesn't come into the room. Yeah. She like stands in front of the door, but doesn't come yeah. in. So then he wakes up. And Annie's standing right above him. It got and, me every yeah. time. And like injects him with some drugs. And when he wakes up from like the drug injection, she's mm-hmm. like. She's tied him down. Yes. And she's like, that penguin, Paul. Yep. My penguin always faces due south. I know. Which is like, are you fucking serious? She's like, I know you've been out of your room now twice. Mm-hmm. And he's looking for the knife. But she found the knife. Yep. She's like, are you looking for this? And the bobby pin. Mm-hmm. And then. I really going to be 100% honest with you. I could not watch this scene. Oh, I actually, this is, this is may say something about me. When I watched the scene, I kind of missed when his foot went to the right. So I was like, let me rewind it. I go. <laughs> so this is the hobbling scene. Yes. And Kathy Bates in this scene it's is so phenomenal. Terrifying. So she tells him about how the diamond, mines. the diamond miners, if they caught, um, enslaved people stealing mm-hmm. that they would hobble them so they couldn't run away but they could, they could still, still work. So she takes a piece of like firewood yeah. and puts it between his ankles yep. and then takes a mallet mm-hmm. and slams his foot in. And you Each see foot. it. Like, yeah. You only see the one foot go, So though. So they break. So basically she breaks his ankles and I could not watch this. I had to turn the sound down. Mm-hmm. I could not do it. I, I could it not twice. do it. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was I'm gonna be honest with you. It's bad. I probably could have like a couple months ago, but mm. you know, <laughs> gotcha. I was just like, nope, 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 nope. I'm like, not today, Satan. And, not and today. All, you know me. It's like I want the front row of the car wreck all right. the time. <laughs> and I was like, Paul's ankles went click. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! It and is he screams such, in such pain. It is such a memorable. See, scene yeah. it that's is the, what the blood scene is to carry right this is to this movie and it's such like a i mean like i visibly and like physically like cringed yeah. like, I was like 
Oh yeah. Cause because it's yeah. just it's just like one of those really specific injuries that you've just like you, you, yeah. it's never happened no, to I, you but you know what I feel like. like I feel like I have weak ankles I turn my ankles a lot mm-hmm. so like there are times when I've done that and it hurts but I've never seriously injured myself yeah. the idea of like having that de- like I know what it feels like to turn your foot like that when right. you're unexpected it but to do that with force to uh, the fact that yeah. it breaks <laughs> oh god yeah it's effective it is very effective. Um, then we see Annie in town and she's driving and the sheriff yeah. hears her because she's having she like almost road hits rage. Somebody. Yes. And she, she says cock-a-doody again. Yeah, she screams at them and sheriff is like... Kind of laughs hmm, at her. That's a little sus. Yeah. And he starts getting suspicious of her. Um, it makes me wonder like how present she is in the town because right, I think it's, like, she's so obsessed with his books right like i would have gotten to talk to her first well he i don't think he knew that she was obsessed with yeah his that's books. what i'm saying it's like how often is she in town how much do right. people know about her but then he realizes like he knows the quote from misery because annie had quoted it at yeah. her trial like he at finds the five yeah, he like goes the newspaper to the library article. and finds the newspaper article um and then sheriff is like super suspicious now yeah um Yeah, and then we're back with Paul because I just wrote, "Oh my God, I stand Paul," but I don't know what he said. Oh, oh this is when this is when she's outside the window yes, and, and she's, she's with misery, and she goes, "Hi," and he just flips, flips her off the bird, yeah, because he's fucking done. Like yeah. he's not playing along anymore. Yeah, and she's just like, she's, she's like, like, "Oh, oh you, you kidder, you silly goose." Um, so uh, Buster is at the general store now, and he's like, "Um, does Annie Wilkes like?" you know paul sheldon yeah and he's like oh, oh she, does she <laughs> she has me put aside the first copy of every book for her and then he's like in. then he's like does she buy anything weird recently and he's like well she's bought a lot of paper yeah like type and paper and the sheriff's like hmm okay <laughs> all right he's like i'm gonna go take a drive by the wilkes farm and this is immediately when i knew buster was going oh, to die oh baby bus so Sheriff drives up to the Wilkes farm. Yeah. Paul sees him out in the window. Yeah, and like, Annie comes running in to drug him. Yeah, she drugs him. She puts him in the basement. I know. Well, when she opened the cupboard underneath her stairs, I was like, oh, is she going to have Harry Potter in there? And then I realized <laughs> it was her basement. Let's not talk about Harry Potter again. I realized it was her basement. And I'm like, is she just going to push him down the stairs? But she actually no, like she brings him down him there. there. Um. And she goes to the front door to meet the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And she kind of tells him this story about how... She knows all about Paul, and she was his biggest fan, and she heard God telling her after Paul died to take over his writing. It's like her getting ahead of, because he asks to look around, and she says yes. She's getting ahead of, like, why she has a typewriter, why she's been buying paper, like, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. She's just rambling about how God told her to to be the successor to Paul Sheldon's novels. Right. And then Paul's in the basement trying to do anything and he's just like weakly. Yeah, he like like, wakes up and he's trying to move. Um so Annie goes off to make the sheriff some cocoa. And he takes an opportunity to run upstairs and take a look around. And he doesn't really see anything suspicious. And she gives him the cocoa and he's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. He's like, but maybe I'll come and visit you again. Yeah. And she's like, okay. She's like, sure. So as he's leaving, 
and he's walking down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Paul finally gets the energy to knock over the barbecue yeah. in the basement. And he's like, I'm here, I'm here. And the sheriff comes running in and he's like, Mrs. Wilkes, Miss Wilkes, are you okay? Because he heard something fall. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he hears Paul screaming, I'm here. And yep. he opens the basement door and he sees Paul. And he goes, Paul and, Sheldon or yeah. whatever? And we get so excited and then, and then and bam. He shoots him with a shotgun right in, in the, the back, chest. And he just falls down dead. And you love him so much and you love his wife so much and you're just like oh no you know it's kind of it's kind of like dick when dick gets, yeah. gets axed but you don't spend nearly as much time with buster doing boring right. shit before that happens. right i didn't watch buster drive up on a snow cat for oh, four and a half God. hours and, like rent it and see if he can rent it and go yeah so then annie decides that she has to take them both out it's time for them to both die yeah um and paul's like you know what you're right you're yep. right we need to both die yep but we need to finish misery first yeah we have to finish the novel. Um, and so when she goes to get his chair, he shoves the lighter fluid down his pants because yep. that's his secret hiding spot. His yep. pills, bobby pin, his dick, the lighter fluid. <laughs> um, and she takes him upstairs, and he finishes the novel. Yeah, and Annie is like so excited. Yeah, she's like, "Does she end up with Ian? Does right. she end up with Winthorne?" And he wants. He says to her, "I need three things for when I finish." Right. And she's like, "What do you need?" And he's like, "You don't know." And she's like, "Of course I, I know. know. You need a cigarette because you quit smoking, and the only time you smoke you is when you finish, finish a book. Yeah. And you need champagne because that's the only time you drink and a match to light the cigarette." And she calls it Dom Perignon. Yeah, which I mean, same, <laughs> but uh. So Paul asks her to get that stuff and she does. And he finishes the last page of the novel and he says to her, yeah, go get another glass. Yeah. And while she's doing that, he like douses the novel in lighter fluid fluid. and And takes the last page. And she comes back in and she's like, all the answers are right here. Who Misery Fathers is, who she ends up with. Does she like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And Annie is like, oh, my God. And he lights it on fire. And she is horrified. And she says, oh, my God, I'm going to kill you, you cocksucker. Which is the first time that she ever says an expletive. Right. And um, Paul takes the keyboard, uh, the typewriter, and smashes it And he had been, like, practicing picking it up. he had been lifting it. Yeah. Uh, So there's just chaos. They're just going at each other. Yes. He's, like, pushing in her eyes and, like, breaking her nose. And he's like, here, you want the story? Eat it. Eat it, you stupid bitch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, uh... Yeah. He, like, shoves the burning story into her mouth. She shoots him in the shoulder. Then he manages to get the other bullet to fire off. So the gun's gun's empty. The gun is out of play. Yeah. Um... So Paul manages, he's like on the ground, he manages like to swing one of his legs around to trip her. Yeah. So she falls into the typewriter. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to start crawling out of here. Yeah. And then we get the the jump scare of her really yeah, being alive. Yeah, she's not dead yet, of course. Um, and she's like fighting and they're struggling mm-hmm. on the ground. And he grabs like this metal pig yep. and just wails her just, with it. Just hits her in the face with it. And the next thing we know, it's 18 months later. Yep. And it's New York City. Yep. Before that hideous Park 52 building was built. Oh, yeah. And we see Paul and he's walking with a cane. Yeah, he's just got a slight limp. And I'm like, hey, you made it out pretty good. Yeah. And he mentions, uh, he's meeting with his agent who mentions that his new novel is like a literary hit. Yeah. That there's like, like, really like it. Right. That there's going to be awards and stuff. He's being respected. Right. And um, he goes, she wants him to write about 
Annie and he goes, I can't do it. Because he says like, it's weird, but that whole experience like helped me write this novel. And she goes, oh, it would be, I would be remiss not to ask you if you want to write about that. Right. Because I can't. I like, I'm not over it yet. I see her sometimes. Yes. And he sees her coming with a dessert cart. Yeah. But it turns out actually just to be a waitress. Yeah. And she goes... Oh, I'm your biggest fan. Yeah, she says, are you Paul Sheldon? He goes, yeah. Oh, I'm your biggest fan. And, and she's he's like, like, oh, good. Yeah, awesome. And that's the end of Misery. Yeah. Yeah, so what'd you think? Oh, I love this movie. Yeah, it I was, it was so great. good. I thought it was great. It was so good. I think it says a lot about um, obsessive behavior. Like and- fandom. Oh, yeah, because, you know, I was thinking about it when I was, um, after I finished the movie last night, I was thinking about how these days and ages how mm. you'll hear like significant others of famous people get in death threats yeah and like stuff like that and it just like it's not that far off it's from really, what annie does it's really not it's like it's like that toxic fandom but before the internet right so she actually had to like physically right. get him in her presence Right, and it's like somebody will say, well, like, oh, I would never do that. I would never, like, you know, try to kill my favorite, like, singer, actor, yeah. author. But meanwhile, you'll tell, like, the person that they were dating to go fuck themselves or to go yeah, choke on or some like, pills. Or, die. Right. Like, people go from zero to 100 to I want you to go kill yourself, right. like, so fucking quickly. And it's really such, like, a toxic idea of yeah. fandom nowadays that, like, you know, that famous people are not allowed to have their own lives. Yeah. And not allowed to have, like, their own flaws because they'll just get attacked from them. Yeah. And from their fan base and from other people's fan bases. And people just feeling like this story is mine because they related it into it in a way that the author couldn't have helped happening. But they're like, it's not yours, it's mine. And I want the ending that I want. It's kind of like what just happened, like... I'm not a fan of this show, so I don't want to get... Like, I, I've just never watched it. But the whole Cowboy Bebop thing, where people were apparently, like, mad about how some characters were represented or whatever, to the point where it had one season and now Netflix canceled it because people had such problems with it. And it's like how fans... Whether or not that was warranted, it's like how fans can actually control the direction of something right. these days. Right. It it kind of reminds me more of how like um who's somebody who just broke up? What was it? Gigi hated and Zayn Malik. Zayn Malik, yeah. And like you know, I'm sure both of them got death threats from numerous yeah. people on both sides of the fandom, oh, and it's yeah. like there's this idea that you own, yeah, like you know, oh, I was a fan of him before anyone else was a fan of him, or mm-hmm. I knew her before anyone else knew of her, and it's like. You know, it's funny. You know what it actually made me think of mm. is um, the Try Guys. Uh-huh. Okay. When Zach started dating Maggie, mm. apparently, like, people were, like, really, like, nasty about it. And oh they're, my like, God. she's not good enough for my precious little cinnamon roll Zach. And, like, oh all I can gosh. think is, like. I was really happy for him because he was always the perpetually single one. Right, and it's like, I li- listen, I don't, I don't care who people are dating, who people yeah. are seeing, who people are going to marry. I like, yeah. it really does not face me. Right. Like, you don't own somebody's affection. Oh yeah, and absolutely. you don't own somebody's life. Like, you know, you can be a fan of someone, mm-hmm. but that does not give you the right, yeah. to, you know, get angry that they make decisions. To get right. angry that they're because dating someone. You're you're imagining that they are what you fantasize them right. to be, which is completely different. 
it's completely different than who they are as a person. I mean, the whole trope of never meeting your heroes. Like, come on, that's been around for ages. Absolutely. And it also, like, follows, like, it's making me think of Selena and, like, the fact that that was an actual true story of this woman who just became, like, obsessed with Selena to the point where she murdered her. And it's just like, that can happen. You know, people get insane. They believe that these people are their friends or their, you know, almost love interests or whatever. And it turns violent. And it's just that obsessive fandom is just apparently something that's not new. (laughs) No, and I think it's been terrible now with like the internet and the whole internet culture that it's so easy to like just become part of that mob mentality where like... You know, and even like think about like the whole Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, Taylor Swift drama where oh people would God. like post sneak emojis on Taylor's that whole stuff. F- and it's yeah. like, who's ever right? Who's ever wrong? It doesn't matter. And what matters yeah. is behavior as people. Yeah, you're not helping anything by no. doing that. You're bullying someone for right. no reason. And it's just it's it's no different than how Annie Wilkes yeah. acts in this Truly, movie. Yeah, because she's just basically like. I decided I'm in love with you because you created this thing that I'm in love with, but also, like, you can't tell me that she's dead. Right. Like, it has to go the way I want it right. to go. And listen, I've read a lot of stories mm-hmm. that do not go the way I want them to go. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Do I get angry at the author? No. That's the way they wanted their story to go. That's their story. That's whatever i mean i get mad like i was just talking about you you watch veronica mars and i hate the way veronica mars ended in the reboot and like it makes me kind of mad but like eh, you leave it alone it's it's (laughs) allowed to like make you feel feelings but when you're acting upon those feelings i would i would literally never like contact rob thomas and be like fuck you i hope you die right exactly you're allowed to feel feelings you're allowed to be upset that a character died you can you're allowed to be upset that you know oh okay Listen, I think being upset that somebody famous married somebody else or hooked up with someone else, that's a little pushing it. That because, is weird like, because that's real life. Like, yeah. You cannot be putting yourself. But being upset that a character died in a yeah. book or a movie, like. Oh, yeah. Like, you can definitely be ma- You can even be mad at the author, but it's not about, like, making it go the way you want it to. Right. It went the way. They- that's why. And I always go back to, like, you wouldn't have this thing if this person didn't create it. Right. Like what I think about, okay, I know I'm bringing this back around, but like the cursed child for J.K. Uh Rowling. Okay, I read it. I read the synopsis and I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. this doesn't fit. Uh This doesn't make sense. I it uh, annoys me that it's canon. Yeah, but I'm annoyed about it, and that's it. Yeah, like I don't send death threats to J.K. Rowling. I don't send death threats to the Broadway cast. I don't really care about it like if somebody says what do you yeah, think you about say, it i say i don't like it and i it, move on it's not a part in of my head my harry potter <laughs> it, exactly in my head yep it doesn't exist yeah and that's it and that's it yeah nobody but, needs death death threats for me because i don't like the facts yeah but that, the scary thing is is that people exist who feel right. the need to do that and that's what this movie is taking to an extreme but right. it's not even that much of an extreme i know especially nowadays yeah because like i'm sure again it was like what we talked about with carrie that that was such a shocker to see a high school student murder her classmates right where to us it's like this has happened in real life yes. and it's so much scarier mm-hmm. and it's the same thing now with the toxic fandom that we see this in real life mm-hmm. Luckily, we're a bit past the age where, like, we would ever be involved with it, you know? Yeah. 
it's like literally stan stan culture yeah that's where that comes from offensive like that offensive fan analog uh, analog that m&m created and now we literally call them stands and you know it's scary <laughs> yeah it's i i just i don't know i just don't know when it became appropriate to because i think i think with the rise of the you know, not that it was only as this movie proves and the Selena whole the whole Selena thing proves that it was only came with the advent of the internet. But I feel like, you know, people who become obsessive about this stuff find other people online who are obsessed about it. They write fan fictions. They, you know, they take the fact that you can fall in love with a character because I've fallen in love with characters in books and been like, oh my God, this person is like perfect. Because you're just having those feelings. But they take them to an extreme. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with fan fiction. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with fan fiction, but I'm just saying that, that all of that, finding those internet communities and, in, in, you know, there are certain people who can indulge in fan fiction and have it be something more than it's meant right. to be. You're on TikTok, right? I I lurk on TikTok. Yeah, I lurk on TikTok too. And yeah. like there's a lot of like in the Harry Potter fandom, there's a lot of people who create like almost like um alternate universe like yeah. ta- like the like minor characters that they give backstories to, which right. I think is fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I will say <laughs> I was watching one, like, somebody has, like, this whole alternate universe that Mad-Eyed Moody is mm-hmm. actually Bill Weasley's father. And okay. I was, I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, what the fuck? There's no context clues to this. <laughs> but, like, did I say to this person, I hope you die because yeah. you're making up this? Like, no, I'm yeah, like, okay, no. in your head, this is what you want yeah, to happen. No, and and just, that's fine. And, and that person's not going around saying to someone who's like, hey, Arthur's really, they're not saying yeah. to that person, like, oh fuck you that you think Arthur is like you know yeah and I don't want to say that I think fan fiction is bad I think fan fiction is great like you can write stories well, and, it and allows you to develop the your story own writing the way you wanted to, it to and end. It, but like I'm just saying that certain people get so into that yeah. not necessarily writing it but reading it and shipping certain characters and doing that they get these hardcore feelings that then lead them to make death threats and shit like that so yeah that's why this movie is very scary. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Especially like in today's ages with celebrities and, yeah, like, and the internet and everything. Right. Yeah. Yep. So you want to rate it? Sure. Um, uh, sledgehammers? Did we do a sledgehammer already? I think something? so. Which one do we do? I don't know. Let's do typewriters. Typewriters or ends, missing ends. <laughs> oh and i loved how like you could see his writing and how the end was skipped in a lot of words he must have just touched it and like yeah but anyway you know if it was stanley kubrick he would have made a (laughs) first of all he actually would have broken james Conn's ankles oh my god he would have and then he would have made him type everything without an end he would have had he would have had um kathy bates break his ankles and not told him that she was gonna do that yeah and not told her she was gonna do it either (laughs) he's gonna be he would oh be like yeah they're God. fake legs kathy they're fake legs yeah. and she'd be like okay be like, we'll do this we'll do this in post I'm like don't worry about it james like it's fine and then he'll just like actually get hobbled and then somehow james Conn would be like today but like i saw what he meant by it i'm glad i i ha- was hobbled and can't walk today so um out of typewriters i would say four out of five typewriters for how good for it is movie. as a movie yeah. it's, a, it's a great movie mm-hmm. um for scariness three three out of five 
because that scene when he's trying to get back into the room mm-hmm. that first time. Oh my god, so ooh, tense. And the hobbling scene. Ooh. Oh yeah. 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 And even the way Annie turns on a dime, it's scary. Oh god, she's so good. She's so good. It reminds me a lot of when you were like younger and the teacher would just like lose it. Yeah. And be like <laughs> like i told you all to sit down you probably didn't get that as much because you went to catholic school oh no i got that yeah i mean because i you have to understand like my class size like oh wow like you would sit in english class and there would be like 35 other students in there with you like that was a big shock to me when i went to sacred heart and people are like oh there are 35 students in my entire grade i was like there was 655 students yeah no we had small classes but i remember specifically we had this one teacher who's like obviously having a midlife crisis and she like took it out on us a bunch (laughs) so but I always remember her saying one time she she said we were gonna have a test the next day and we we're like you only told us about it now and she's like oh my god you only would have studied tonight and I was like you're not wrong you're not wrong about that <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um for me I mean I feel like I'm always stealing your ratings but That's I think okay. they're spot on okay. I'm just I'm just that good yes yes you are um, but yeah, I love this movie was great. It was a lot of fun to watch. The acting is superb, especially Kathy Bates. The one thing I, she like, won an Oscar for that. She role. did. Yeah. yeah, she did. It's just that like, I felt kind of bad that we didn't get any sort of like, like I go back and forth with the Buster thing of like, but his wife was so involved and we don't get to see her reaction to like what happened. To oh, him. I'm glad because that would just be sad. But I'm also glad that it didn't happen. But like she was such a big part of it. And I was like, they give them such a rich like inner life that you can tell just by the few scenes that they're in that I'm just like, oh, my God, she must have been fucking devastated. Yeah. Oh, well, that's why I'm kind of glad that I didn't see a reaction because it would have yeah. made me cry. I know. I know. But still, it is a great movie. Kathy Bates for president. She's great. And uh, yeah. You know, it's funny because um, there's an American horror store. uh, American horror story. Story. Yeah. 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 So there's um, one of the seasons because she's in some of the seasons. One of the seasons is like um, American Horror Story Roanoke. And she like plays this actress who becomes obsessed with her role, like her character. And like I got I was like, oh, my gosh. like. I, I got vibes. misery vibes. <laughs> and I was like, she's really good at playing someone who gets overly obsessed with yes. something. Oh my so. goodness. I forgot she was in those. And I forgot they did Roanoke too. Well, like it <laughs> took place so in many Roanoke. Fr- freaking seasons of that. I tried to get yeah. into the first one and I couldn't do it. I watched, I think I watched up, to, I think Roanoke was like the last okay. season I watched like consistently because then it was like Cult, which was like dealing with like the yeah. Donald Trump election. And I oh, like, yeah. I just, I don't know. I find Ryan Murphy to be stylized to a point where it just takes me out of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, he's more concerned with the style of it than he is with the substance of it. And I just, I don't know. But anyway, this is not about that. Um, we didn't choose a movie. <laughs> um. Well, are, are we going to take the holiday? Yeah, but this, these episodes are going to come out after the holiday. Yeah, I should be putting this in the episode. Um, well, Follow our Instagram, and when we yes. post this episode, we'll tell you which movie yes, we're doing we'll tell, next. <laughs> tell you what we're going to do next, so you can watch it if you want. Listen, <laughs> it is December twelfth, and neither of us have done any Christmas shopping. It's um, been a very oh no, I've done I'm done Christmas shopping. <laughs> you told me you didn't get anything done yet. I 
I still haven't decorated my tree. I oh. still haven't wrapped any of the gifts I have. I have so many of them. I'm not in the Christmas spirit at Do all. My it's parents are going to midnight mass on Christmas. <gasps> Don't let them become vampires. Well, I'm going there too. Spoiler alert for Midnight Mass on Netflix, but it's about vampires. <laughs> but we don't call them vampires. Oh, yeah. We never call them vampires. And everybody's just okay with everything that happens, except for a small group of people. Well, anyway. Well, anyway. Yes. Yeah, so if you would like to follow us on Instagram, find us at the Nightlight Podcast uh, on Instagram. Yep. And you can email us at the Nightlight Podcast at gmail.com. And if you go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review us, that would be really helpful. Uh, and other than that, Remember to keep the night light on. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.